Today on Bob and Yard Live, we're going through a debate between Bob Enyart and Peggy Lunin, the founder and president of Life and Liberty for Women. We also have a really exciting announcement that I teased last week. We're going to talk about that. Should be a lot of fun. All that and more coming up right here on Bob and Yard Live. Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. I am Dominic Enyar. On Mondays, we've been going back and airing some of the best of Bob, you know, Bob's greatest hits. And last week, we wrapped up his debate, Colorado Right to Life versus Wyoming Right to Life. And Wyoming Right to Life was saying that we should compromise on abortion and we should give the left some of what they want. Whereas Colorado Right to Life, Bob Enyart, they were saying, no, we shouldn't give the left what they want. We should stand up for God's word and not compromise, not compromise on God's word, not compromise on the innocent, but demand justice. Today, Monday, we're airing part one of another abortion debate, whereas with the last one, Wyoming Right to Life was saying let's compromise. Today, Bob is going to be debating someone who says let's not compromise on abortion, but she's on the other end of the spectrum. She is saying all abortion should be legal. Let's not compromise. So a complete change of pace from the last debate. This is Bob versus Peggy Lunin. Peggy is the founder and president of Life and Liberty for Women. It's a really fun debate, and we're going to get right into that. But first, last week I had mentioned I had an exciting announcement that I didn't feel at liberty to say quite yet. But now I'm able to announce it, and it's a little bit of a bittersweet announcement Denver Bible Church, which is the church that Pastor Bob, my father, my father and predecessor, started almost 22 years ago. And Denver Bible Church has actually planted a new church, Agape Kingdom Fellowship, and Denver Bible Church has dissolved. Now, in the past, Denver Bible Church and the radio ministry have had a synergy and have worked alongside each other. And now, obviously, that Denver Bible Church is dissolving, that synergy is going away. But with Agape Kingdom, some of you might know the name Will Duffy. Will is pastoring this new church, Agape Kingdom Fellowship, and the radio ministry is going to be partnering and working alongside Agape Kingdom Fellowship. If you've been a longtime listener, you know that Will Duffy, he was a producer here at Bob and Yart Live. He's been on the show numerous times. He was a star pupil of my father. He was Bob's debate partner in a lot of debates. My dad was Will's debate partner in a lot of debates. Will Duffy debated Matt Slick at my father's church, Denver Bible Church, and that was put on the Bob Enyart YouTube channel. So they were of the same mind, and Agape Kingdom is going to be putting out a lot of a lot of biblically-centered sermons and Bible studies that are all Bob-approved, and our ministries are going to work alongside each other, as did the radio and Denver Bible Church. So it's kind of bittersweet that DBC is going away, but I'm really excited for the future of this new ministry. 
I would bet my life savings that this ministry is going to do big things for the gospel. So I'm really excited about it. I'm trying to bring people on board left and right. So if you want to attend the church, it's 4085 Independence Court, Wheat Ridge, Colorado, Sunday mornings. You can see us there at 930. And I'm really, really excited for the future of this radio ministry and the future of this church. And I really think that this church is going to do amazing things for the gospel. And I highly encourage you to check them out. The first sermon of Agape Kingdom was not yesterday, but was actually last Sunday. And we're all really excited. Now, if you would like to sponsor a show, go to kgov.com slash sponsor to help us out. And now my father and predecessor, Bob Enyart. Today we're going to speak with someone who wrote an op-ed piece in the New York Times about abortion, and the headline is, Don't Compromise on Abortion. And this piece makes the argument, don't sacrifice principles, and don't operate from a place of compromise rather than from a place of strength. Now that sounds like what you hear on Bob and Yurt Live and from Colorado Right to Life but, but believe it or not, this is a pro-abortion op-ed piece by someone who's been involved in the abortion battle on the other side, on the pro-choice side. And we have on the phone with us Peggy Lunin, founder and director, executive director of Life and Liberty for Women. Peggy, welcome to Bob and Your Live. Thank you, Bob. And Peggy, you asked, and I think it was uh, very appropriate that in this interview that you would be given ample opportunity to answer the questions and make your comments. So I want to make a commitment to you that you'll have that opportunity. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate that. You're welcome. In our discussion, you believe abortion should be legal. I believe it should be recriminalized. In our discussion, I'm hoping that we can start out with some of the basic issues, including abortion for rape and incest and life of the mother. Those are early issues I'm hoping that we could cover. But would you like to begin by making a statement about why you think abortion should be legal? Well, Life and Liberty for Women is primarily concerned not with personal um, religious and moral beliefs about abortion. We respect everyone's personal belief about abortion. We're mostly concerned about what the public policy around abortion should be. Um, And, of course, that fight between the two camps is obviously legal or illegal. And... Life and Liberty for Women believes that we can reduce the number of abortions in this country without endangering the lives of women by making abortion illegal. We believe that when you make abortion illegal, you don't gain anything. You don't save babies because it just simply sends the procedure into the underground. Um, Women are are maimed and hurt in the underground because of, uh, you know, when you take a medical procedure like that and you take it into secret, that's what you get. Um, uh, and and so we believe that it should be legal and that there are other ways to reduce the number of abortions without endangering women's lives. Okay, so that, that is your position. And if I could speak for Christians, Bible-believing, fundamentalist, evangelical Christians who are opposed to abortion, we believe that God created us and he gave us our right to life that our right to life comes from our Creator. And we believe that all rights are based on the right to life, that no other right even has 
relevancy. No other right has any context apart from the right to life. And so could we begin the discussion there? And I'll ask you, Peggy Lunin, do you believe that we were made by God and that he gave us our right to life? Well, um, you know, I remember I can't speak personally because I am speaking for my organization, so I don't speak concerning my personal beliefs. Um, life and Liberty for Women, my board long time ago asked me to look at the notion that evangelical Christians were putting forth that uh, God found abortion uh, to be murder and to be abhorrent and that he uh, would condemn it. So I looked at that carefully, and on our website you'll find under our issue page a, an issue paper called God, the Bible, and Abortion. And the fact of the matter is is that God never condemned abortion. Nowhere in the Bible did he ever condemn abortion. He didn't condone it, but he didn't condemn it, and he had his reasons for that. All right. Um, now, Peggy, we certainly could get into the Bible and go verse by exactly. verse. In fact, we've done that recently with the pastor that made that exact argument. We did that, and that's on our website at kgov.com mm-hmm. just from not too many weeks ago. But he was a pro-choice pastor. But can I ask you this question again? Aside from the issue, because people existed for centuries before the Bible was written. So regardless of whether the Bible addresses the topic or not, do you believe that human beings are made by God and that our rights, including the right to life, comes from God? Well, again, Bob, I will say that I don't talk about my personal beliefs, and life and liberty just certainly doesn't okay. take a stand on whether... Uh, uh, religion was in, you know, whether God was involved in our creation or whether something else was involved in our creation. That's not what um, life and liberty is about defining. Okay, so, so let me ask... We wouldn't do that. Okay, so Peggy, let me ask you this. Do you guys then take any statement, does your organization, or you, you, you could speak personally if you want to, do you take any statement about what is the foundation of rights, human rights, what is their foundation? Well, I think societies come together, uh, you know, we, we talk about how our country came together to make its laws, and we celebrate, the, you know, on July 4th, the coming together of this country and the making of our Constitution and the laws. And I think that a society always struggles with regard to its public policy to balance the right, the wrong, and the gray areas in its quest for fairness and justice. Okay, so you would... It sounds like you're saying your organization and you as the founder and executive director that you guys don't take a position of regarding the foundation of our rights other than it's sort of like a popular consensus. Well, no, I mean we we don't you know, we're not we're, we're not into talking about, you know, where the foundation is and having a debate or a discussion about where the foundation of rights may have come from or may not have come from. We live in a society right now where we have to deal with the gray areas and the right and wrong and the gray areas in that and, in, as I said, in our quest for fairness and justice, and that's kind of where we begin. So, Peggy, we're speaking with Peggy Lunin, the founder of Life and Liberty for Women. You wrote an op-ed piece for the New York Times. Mm-hmm. It appeared January fifteenth, two 2003, mm-hmm. and you criticized NARAL, for their name change, Mm -hmm. and you said we have to remember that this issue is all about rights. It's not about choice, which might sound more appealing to moderates, but it's about rights. 
And so we, we agree with that. It is about rights. And it's my assertion that the pro-choice movement, the pro-abortion movement, destroys the foundation of rights because rights begin with the right to life. And every other right is in the context of the right to life. And if you've destroyed that foundation, then there is no logical place for your, for your rights to stop eroding because you've destroyed the foundation. Well, I don't believe that we that there's any, even any destruction of that. I mean, you know, let's get right to the point. You're talking about the rights of a fetus. Okay. Yes. yes? Is that where we're talking? Yes. Yes. Y- yes. Now, Peggy, one, there's two issues on the table so far: whether or not the right to life is the foundation of all those other rights, and where did that first right come from, the right to life? And and I'm going to submit that unless we acknowledge that the right to life comes from God, then the government, the majority, has a free hand to destroy rights, whether it's the Aztecs or Germany in the 1900s. They have the free hand to take away any rights they choose to take away as long as they have the approval of society. Well, Bob, I'm not going to address you. You you can have your belief about the rights or you know, come from God, and you can have all that. I'm, I'm not going there. What I'm talking about, or what I think we should be talking about, is what do we do in terms of balancing the right to life and liberty of a born woman and unborn human life? Okay. So I think, to, that's to where, balance... I think that's where we should be focusing our discussion. Okay. How do we balance that so to balance, in our society? To balance rights, you need to know their priority, which rights take precedence over others. So would you agree in principle that the right to life takes precedent over the right to free speech, the right to travel, the right to associate? Would you agree that the right to life is the preeminent human right? Well, sure, I think. I mean, you can't have the others without a right to life. Right. So then the issue is, when does a human life begin? Is that the issue? No. That's a, not for uh, not for a public policy discussion. When you know, when you talk about when life begins, that's a discussion people can have over a cup of coffee and discussing their religious and moral beliefs about it. But when you're talking about public policy, you're talking about involving uh, unborn human life and already born life, which has guaranteed rights. A born, already born human being has has guaranteed rights. And, and where so, do those, Peggy, where do those rights come from of already born human well, when beings? when we're talking about public policy and the society that is shaping the public policy, it's coming from our societal laws, from our Constitution, from our Constitution and state laws. And it, it sounds like what you, you're asserting that there is no standard above that, that that's the ultimate standard. Well, if there's a standard above that, that's left to each individual to make that decision. So if a society says that no woman can have an abortion, that that is the outcome of their constitutional process, their democratic, their Republican form of government, that no woman can have an abortion, if you believe that that's where our rights come from, then you should consent that, well, in some cases... That will be fine. Those are the rights of women in that society. Well, if a society, and there are societies today in third world nations that have simply done that, have simply said um, that, that there is to be absolutely no abortion. 
But when you're looking at a public policy and how are we going to de de devise that public policy so that we provide the best protection for everybody involved in that public policy, then you have to look at other things beyond what you're looking at, and that is the consequences to illegal abortion. So, what are the Peggy, consequences to the society, to Pe women, Peggy, to born women, to society, to their families, of making abortion illegal when there's a better way to reduce the number of abortions? Okay, so obviously there are all kinds of consequences to illegal abortion, but I, I want to see if I understood what you just said. A society that determines that women have no right to have an abortion. That's the determination and the conclusion of their society, their culture, as it's evolved over centuries or even millennium. Then you're agreeing that women in those cultures have no right to an abortion? Are you agreeing with that? Well, sure. If the society, if the public policy of that country or that state says that no woman shall have an abortion, then that is the the determination of their law. So, But are you agreeing that those women truly have no right to an abortion? Well, under the law, under the law that the public policy that the country has or that the state has uh, embraced, that would be true. And it would the, the pro, if you could for a moment speak for pro-choice America, would pro-choice America affirm, for example, Iran, saying, based on our culture, women have no right to an abortion. So would you guys affirm that, because that is the outcome, the determination of their culture? Well, I can say if that's the determination of their culture, that's fine, but that doesn't mean that I can't and would not go, I mean, I certainly would try to convince them that there's a better way to deal with the public policy than okay. making abortion illegal. Okay, when you just said there's a better way, yeah. that means you are acknowledging that there is a standard outside of or above that which the culture determines. Like the culture may determine that Jews should be killed. And in fact, in the history of mankind, there have been many instances where cultures have decided that different racial groups are inferior, that they should be untouchables, they should be slaves, they should be killed. And so we look at those cultures and we make a value judgment and we say it was wrong to kill Jewish boys and girls, children, because they were Jewish. We right, don't. And, 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 you know, Bob, one of the things, I want to stop you there, because one of the things that when I'm in discussions all the time with uh, anti-abortion people, and the thing they start to do is what you just did, and that is mix the apples with the oranges. We, we have um, a standard that we have set from wherever you decide that standard comes from about uh, the right to life of born human beings versus that of unborn, pre-viable human beings. And so when you start talking about, you know, Hitler and Jews and, and the, the born human beings and all that took place under those kinds of circumstances, you're mixing apples with oranges. And, and you can't do that when we're trying to uh, pin down what would be a good public policy for abortion in this country. Peggy, and that's, I hope you could realize that's called begging the question. No, it's you, not, Bob. Yeah, it's because not. you're no, saying, you're saying the unborn obviously are not human beings that no, should no. be protected, no, so no. let's not compare that with the slaughter of human beings. No. That's what we're debating. We're no, that's not what we're debating. Well, we're debating <laughs> whether or not it's right or wrong to kill unborn children. And I'm making this argument that when a culture decides what is right and what is wrong, 
Even Peggy Lunin sometimes thinks that culture is wrong and they need to be corrected so that even you believe that there's a standard above majority rule. Well, I think you should acknowledge that. You do believe that. The thing is that, yeah, Bob, if, if, you know, if we're talking about the society over here who has uh, determined that abortion should be illegal, and there are, you know, like I said, in the third world countries that that is true, and we would certainly enter into the discussion with them, I would be willing to enter discussions with these people and say, you know, there's a better way to do that. Right. And, Peggy, when you're saying there's a better way, you are saying that there's a standard outside of your culture. If your culture says you could only... Not so much a standard, Bob. Not so much a standard. Well, you can't say it's... getting really hung up on that. It's not yeah. so much a standard well, as it, it is looking at the consequences to well, the Pe- lives of born Peggy, women here that's and their a families. Value. That's a value judgment. And obviously there are people on both sides who weigh those particulars differently. So... Okay, okay, so it's been my assertion that when you divorce the right to life from our Creator God, that the Declaration says, and even before the Declaration, this is true, that we are endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights. As soon as you divorce our rights from our Creator, from the source, from where we came from, then rights no longer have a foundation, then you cannot condemn female circumcision. You can't condemn the owning... Well, I disagree with that, Bob, totally. Well, on what basis? So you think you could condemn another culture? On sure. what basis? Sure. On I what do, basis? I do condemn those third world nations who have said that abortion is illegal. And, and most of those, Bob, by the way, are in cases of rape, incest, and life as a woman. At least, at least, with, at least when they make those policies, that public policy so, of making abortion illegal in their country, at least they have uh, what this pro-life, what what this country's pro-life people don't have, and and that is they follow all, right. all the way through. So Peggy, when we started, I believed that you would condemn these other cultures, their positions on these issues. But it's taken us about 15 minutes for you to say it explicitly. So I want to ask you, on what basis can you condemn a culture since you've said that our rights come from the culture? Well, just because, the, just because I believe the rights that, that, that uh, the culture, you know, that the, the societies come together to put their public policy together doesn't mean I can't disagree with them. But, well, you think they're wrong. You think they're wrong. You think there's a better way. You could condemn those who say female circumcision or owning blacks. I would hope that you could condemn certain cultures for the injustice that they systematically impose on people. And as soon as you do that, which you do, you do that just like I do. As soon as you do that, the question is, from what foundation can you condemn a culture? And my position from is... A, from, I'll tell you, from, from a standard, Bob, of human being to human being and common sense. Let's okay. put a little common sense into the debate about public policy right, where now, abortion is concerned. Okay, and what I, makes sense about a public policy here and okay. what doesn't make sense? All right, now, Peggy, p- human beings disagree on what is common sense. There were millions of Germans who were okay with killing Jews, and they thought that common sense solved... A serious problem they had, and there were millions of Americans who thought wait it was minute, common Bob, sense to own minute, blacks. Wait a minute. 
well, that may be true. The, the fact is, is that when you're looking at, let's, let's look at abortion here. Let's not go over to Germany right now. Let's look at abortion in the United States. Yeah. When um, common sense will tell us that when you make abortion illegal, it goes underground, it doesn't stop it, you don't save babies, it harms and kills women. You gain nothing is a law that doesn't solve for the stated problem that is stopping abortions and saving babies and which has a deadly disadvantage that's the maiming and killing of women is that a good moral law okay and so and i think as a society we can come together okay and look at that in a common sense way and say you know what if we can reduce the number of abortions by reducing the number of unintended pregnancies without endangering women's lives then that's a better proposition and that is, in fact, a more pro-life position. Okay, so now, Peggy, you are going, you're eager to get to, the, this is the second time you brought it up, the consequences of illegal abortions, for example. And those issues are fascinating, and we could talk through that. And I, I want us to get to rape and incest real quickly here. But so let's, even in your last statement, right, we're airing this on the radio, it's being recorded, mm-hmm. you talked about, consequences that are better for people so you are bringing a standard you're bringing a standard but you are not identifying where that standard lies other than your own opinion and so i submit to you that the standard from which our rights derive is because we are created in god's image and if we just evolve from animals... Bob, and when it gets down to, when it, look, when it gets yeah. down to where the rubber hits the road here, yeah. and you're talking about women's lives and what women are making decisions about in their everyday life, yeah. I can tell you that this philosophical discussion that you insist on having about where the rights come from, um, and from it means nothing. We're talking about uh, women who are left with an unintended pregnancy, and what are, what are their options under the law? Okay, and you suggest and you suggest it means nothing whether or not there's a belief in our culture that our rights come from God, and I suggest I don't to think you, individual women, Bob, sitting down with uh, an unintended pregnancy, are thinking about that. Well, women are more <laughs> women based on polls. Men are more pro-choice than women are, and women are more in touch with the baby that they have within them than the man is. And women... But they're not thinking about where did my ride you're, come by, from. by saying that, you know, you know what you're doing, Peggy? You're asserting your own worldview and your religious beliefs onto millions of other people, and it's not true. Because religion is one of the passions of a human being. And women... Bob, I don't, I don't, I, I didn't say at all Peggy, that women Peggy, don't bring their own personal religion. Peggy, women go to church. But what I'm saying to you is that wherever you're attempting to go with this philosophical right, me, foundation of rights thing means nothing in the practical world here. Uh, okay. Women are looking at this decision. I want to talk about, I want to talk about the, the realities of the public policy that we, uh, all right. we, that we need to live with. All right, let me make one last statement, then we'll go to the consequences. Uh, on on the average Sunday, millions and millions of women go to church. They go to a place to worship. And far more women go to church on one Sunday than attend all professional sports events through the entire year. More women on one Sunday. And so for you to assert that it's not important for the average woman in crisis whether there is a God, 
Peggy, I think that's a symptom. No, that's not, that's not what I said. But what I'm saying to you well, is that they're not sitting around thinking about whether their rights came from God or not. Oh. That doesn't mean that they're not involving their religious and God even somewhere into their decision. Um, All right, and when, when a so, society... You know, you know what the religious identification is of women who have abortions, Bob? Most are Christian. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely true. And our culture teaches them that the child in the womb is their body and that they have the right to kill it. And so they accept what they're taught... Regardless of the emotional and physical consequences afterward, they accept that and they go on. Stop the tape. Stop the tape. This is Dominic Enyart. We're going to finish the rest of this debate next week on Monday. Hope to see you back then. Join us here tomorrow, same time, same place. I'm excited to have you back. If you want to help us stay on air, go to kigov.com slash store. Or if you'd like to sponsor a show, go to kigov.com slash sponsor. Also, we hope to see you at Agape Kingdom Fellowship this Sunday, 4085 Independence Court, Wheat Ridge, Colorado at 930 a.m. on Sunday. That'll be a lot of fun, but until tomorrow, this is Dominic Enyart reminding you to do right and risk the consequences.